Well, Matter Rise is waking up feeling really great this morning. Guys, remember a couple months ago, I said that the Me Too movement needed to end? Well, now I am doubling down. I probably at this point am tripling down uh, because Matariza, not only has he been let out from being accused by egregious crimes, uh, he didn't have to pay a dime. So obviously we're going to get into this. Plus, we have to wish a very happy birthday to a very special woman, someone that we talk about quite a bit on this show. You might've heard of her, Taylor Swift. Uh, we're gonna get into what exactly would be the best gift for her because let's face it, she has all the money in the world. She has everything at her fingertips. What do you get a person like that? We've got all these stories, plus a very special visit from our good friend, Dan Dockich, all that and so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Outkick the Morning. I am Charlie Arnold. Hope all of you are having a fabulous Wednesday so far. Uh, I'm having a great day. I woke up feeling extra refreshed. I had a great dinner last night. Things are things are good on my end. Um, I was just explaining how I was listening to some old school Britney Spears on the way to dinner last night. Uh, if any of you forget how normal, insane, and talented Britney Spears was at one point, go back and listen to her old music uh, because it's really just the biggest juxtaposition as to the things that she puts on the internet these days. Uh, I always feel very bad for her when I open up my social media and see the crazy photos and videos that she's posting. Uh, but Britney Spears used to be normal, and I used to be the president of her fan club back in the day. So a little trip down memory lane for me last night, which was very fun. Uh, but let's focus on what's going on today. Uh, everybody, you probably can relate to this. One of the best feelings in the world. When you can say, I told you so. And doing the honors this week, we have former Bills punter Matt Ariza, drafted by Buffalo in 2022, a Rarity, we'll say, for a punter because he was released by the team that same year in the preseason after he and two of his San Diego State University teammates were accused of rape by a woman who claimed that she was 17 at the time. So Ariza, at that very juncture, he admitted, yeah, I slept with her, but he said it was consensual. Then in December last year, the San Diego County District Attorney's Office, they determined that Ariza was not even at the party where the girl claimed that she was gang raped. Shocker, right? Uh, so at that point, no charges were filed against him as far as the county was concerned. But the woman maintained her civil suit. Well, now here we are, one year and nearly four months later, after this accusation initially took place and the lawsuit went public. And this woman, listen to this. This is where it gets good. This woman is now dismissing Ariza from her civil lawsuit. And guess what? He's paying her absolutely nothing. Not a dime. Because, well, he did nothing wrong. Does this story ring a bell with anybody? I feel like we were just doing this story semi-recently, but not about Matt Ariza. And oh, yes, we were. Remember Trevor Bauer? Basically the same thing. Both of these athletes vindicated after having immoral women accuse them of awful crimes for their own benefit. But despite not having to pay anything to their accusers, both had their reputations completely dragged to, through the mud, ripped to shreds, and they lost jobs on their respective teams. A brutal blow, and neither has recovered from it so far. Matt Ariza, still despite having been relinquished from any wrongdoing, 
by the San Diego County District Attorney's Office. Uh, he still has not gotten a job with the NFL. He's, he's been interviewed by a couple of teams, but nothing so far. Same thing with Trevor Bauer. He played in Japan this past year. There's some rumors swirling he could be signed back to MLB, but so far, nothing. Even though it has been made clear, both of these men, completely innocent, they did nothing wrong. But this brings me to the larger point of all of this. And this is a point that I said months ago in light of the Trevor Bauer news. The Me Too movement needs to end. This is just one more example why. It's really a shame that women come forward now as victims of serious crimes, just like this, rape, sexual assault, and the thought automatically passes through my head. I don't know about yours, but for me, I automatically now have doubts as to whether or not they're telling the truth. And this is obviously because of the dishonest women who have tried to destroy the lives of innocent men in hopes of making a money grab in most cases. It has done serious damage to the credibility of real victims out there. And I know it was a long road to officially clear his name for good, but here's hoping the damage isn't long-term or forever for Ariza, for Bauer. And we see Matt Ariza suiting up again in the NFL soon. Uh, I just want to bring in another case that we recently saw with P. Diddy. Uh, there was the horrible claims uh, that he was involved in all types of horrible, you know, rape, sexual assault uh, with Cassie, who was another singer that he dated years ago. And, and the crimes were all laid out. I mean, it was a whole expose as to basically how horrible a person P. Diddy was. And it, and it was tough for me because I read it. I mean, I wanted to feel for Cassie. I wanted to say, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry that you went through this. And I'm sorry that, you know, we're now just finding out about it years later. And, and I, hear, I don't know whether or not it happened or not. I want to make that very clear. I don't know if it was true. I don't know if it wasn't true. But the thought automatically entered my head. Maybe she's not telling the truth. And that is because of stories like this. And that truly is a horrible thing that's being done to the real victims out there, like I mentioned. So, uh, you know, 2023, this is where we're at. We've seen so many woman, women come forward in the past couple of weeks, couple of months, uh, because there was a statute of limitations that was about to run out. So, some of the timing just seems very convenient. Again, I cannot say in all of the cases whether or not the women are lying or not, but it is unfortunate that the doubt even has to pass through one's mind uh, at this point in time. But now, with that being said, let's bring in a guy who I'm always excited to see. Never changes week to week. He is the host of Don't At Me, Dan Dockage. Oh, you're awesome. Dan Dockage. Uh, you know, you're right. You know, the Ariza thing is interesting. I, I think I told you this before. I have a sister, 25-year domestic violence prosecutor in Bloomington, Indiana, which is where Indiana University is, college kids. And she believes nobody. And she said that forever. Yeah. She, she, believes, she had a famous case um, where a star football player, it didn't get out public, but she told my son, her son, and my other nephew to be very careful, a case where a football player, star football player at Indiana was accused of rape. He was going to go to jail. Rape. This isn't like assault. He was accused. Uh, a girl and her dad are in her office, and he, uh, dad's livid. The girl's crying. And my sister says, uh, sir, would you mind leaving? I want to talk to your daughter. And my sister pulls out a tape of the act. And it's clear the girl uh, was consensual. 
save this kid's life, truthfully. And my sister said, you got choice here. We can bring your dad in. He can look at his tape or you two can walk out of my office right now and don't ever do this again. I'm not going to file charges, but I should. And my sister, wow. you know, she's also had horrific rapes. She's also had the other side where it's absolutely been true. But her thing is you, you, you can't just immediately believe either. And I think what, to your point, we immediately believe, right? We immediately kick this guy off a team, Ariza. We immediately ostracize uh, Trevor Bauer. And then when the facts come out, you know, we, go, we, we don't hear anything. And you know what? It's one of my problems, and not with you, but uh, female sports journalists. There were so many female sports journalists, Sarah Spain, Molly Knight, Julie DiCarlo, that- I was going to say Sarah Spain. She came first to my mind, too. Yeah. And you don't hear anything when it changes. You know what I mean, Charlotte? You don't hear anybody saying, well, uh, our bad, my bad, my mistake. You know, we, we're, we're so sorry. You don't hear any of it. And that sucks, you know, because I've never, fortunately, never been in this situation, but I couldn't imagine waking up every day with this hanging over your head and you know you didn't do anything or even in Rising's case, you weren't even at the thing. I, it, 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 it sucks on every level. But, um, when prosecutors tell you, Hey, look, don't, when they, you know, don't believe until you get facts. I think they're pretty right right now. Yeah. And I think there was a time when the me too movement really took off where no matter what a woman said, it was taken exactly at face value and whoever she ended up accusing immediately ostracized immediately out of a job, out of a position and now it seems like more and more the dominoes keep falling in the opposite direction, which is really sad because there are, like you said, instances where horrible crimes have been committed. And then automatically those women, like, like it was before the Me Too movement, that's why the Me Too movement happened. We wanted to give more credence to the women who actually had stories that they needed to come forward with. But now it's just gone so far in the opposite direction that now we've gone back to the way it was before the Me Too movement, uh, where now it's it's tough. I mean, especially even as a woman, you know, I would love to stand by other women who have the courage to come forward because I think that's important and I think it's tough. But now I'm at the point where I am more apt to initially, like like in your sister, has, like she said, just to, to not believe right away. And and if the evidence presents itself, where now I say, okay, now I can believe you because we have proof. Uh, but that's not how it goes now. You know, we condemn before we investigate, you know, and, and that that's that's the way we do it. Somebody can make an allegation uh, and it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, we believe the allegation and that's really sad. I mean, you know, I'm not in terms of, you know, different things. It's not always innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. It's innocent until proven guilty. But in, in, sometimes, you know, we're so guilty until we even have a chance to see if the person is even credible, you know, and, and that's sad. It's almost like, I mean, I, I, I was just listening to you and it's almost like, you know, how, you know, somebody goes on a diet, they're big, they go on a diet and they lose weight. And then all of a sudden they gain the weight back and more. It's, it's kind of what your point is with the U2 movement or me too movement. You know, this needed to be said, and then it gets, it, then it gets twisted all around. And now the, the situation for women is even worse in terms of believing now. And I applaud you for, for standing up because that is not easy. You know, my wife is a big time, 
big time. I defend women, but she can't, you know, she, she's, she's just can't. She's like, I don't believe anybody. And, and that sucks because there are bad things done to women on a daily basis and you want to protect and you want to help, but you first have to believe and you just can't condemn before you even take a look at what's actual and who, what, what's this person saying? What's this person about? It's, it's just a bad way to go about uh, life. Uh, and, and it's where we're at. Yeah. Especially when you look at the people who are being accused. I mean, generally it's not the broke guy down the street, right? This is the <laughs> star pitcher for the Dodgers. This is the drafted punter for the Buffalo bills. Uh, it, it's not so hard to believe why these are the people that are being targeted. So Dan, do coaches talk to their athletes about this ahead of seasons? I mean, because this is in a situation that a lot of young men or even older men who are in the league can get easily caught up in. You know, you get involved with the wrong woman. And next thing you know, a consensual night turns into allegations of rape and assault. And is, is there any type of guidance uh, that's being offered to athletes, you know, before they find themselves in a situation like this? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I was doing this as I was talking to guys that were coming on Indiana's basketball team when I was a senior, uh, this is going back a thousand years ago saying, look, don't ever, <laughs> ever, nice. ever take home a drunk woman and do something that you're going to wake up tomorrow. And I would, and I would say, look, if, if you think this won't and everything's going great, then make sure that you treat her right she spends the night you don't kick her out you don't do I did that as a coach I mean I would talk to every single kid about every relationship that I knew about because again my sister was a prosecutor and I knew what was going on both what guys were doing and now you know what women were doing even then and I think schools now are much more attuned I think they have organized programs there's no means no there's all kind of different sexual assault seminars so yes but Charlie, you know this guy's a big man on campus. Guy goes out, guy has a few drinks, some girls around, he loses his mind, you know, and there's no excuse for that because players have and are more educated now on those things than ever before. So yes, but I swear to God, Charlie, I was doing this when I was a freaking senior in college telling my teammates, Hey, look, you're an Indiana basketball player. You're very popular on campus guy that looks like me used to have good looking women throwing themselves at him for crying out <laughs> loud. So imagine what, you know, other guys, but yes. And, 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 but, but the one thing that, that I always said is, you know, you put yourself in a situation, there's always going to be a consequence and some, hopefully it's good consequence. You put yourself in a situation where you're practicing a lot yeah. of consequences. You become an NBA player, put yourself in a bad situation, probably going to be consequences, but no yeah, and I know on the college level, this is talked about constantly. I can't speak. I never played in the NBA, but I have a lot of friends in there that say the same thing. Yeah, they they talk about this all the time. Do you think Matt Arise is going to get re-signed to a team at any point? I'm. It's already been uh, a year, a little over a year since he was released from the Bills, a year and four months. Um, you think he's? we're going to see him in a uniform again? I do. I, I do. Eventually. I, I, I do. I don't know about Trevor Bauer. You know, I heard you talking about Bauer and I, I personally, I'm a Cubs fan. I'd love to see him on the Cubs. 
I mean, if he's still good enough, I'd love to see him on the Cubs. I, I'd love to see Ariza here in Indianapolis. I, yes, I, I would think that Ariza absolutely is. And one thing I think, and I'm curious your, your thoughts on this, uh, Charlie. One of the things in, in yesterday's news with Ariza was that he retained the right to sue. And I got to tell yeah. you, it would be very difficult for me not to sue that woman. It would be very difficult. I don't know about you, but I thought that was an interesting part of the settlement yesterday. He drops his defamation and he 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 can sue. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, I think a, a lot of people might say, well, this girl probably doesn't have much money, but I think it's uh, the money would come from her attorney. Uh, well, let me ask she you, was hey, the Charlie, one who can I ask her. you a question? Yes. Do you, would you be offended or would you be upset if both either Bauer or Ariza was on the team you like, you like, you follow? No, of course not. I would actually, I would applaud uh, a team if you have people that were vindicated from charges and did nothing wrong and they were, had their reputations just completely destroyed for nothing. Uh, I think they, they should have a chance, chance at redemption. I think that's only right. I, I think, I mean, the way you would look at, a lot of people might say, oh, no, they don't. But what about if it was a woman who was wrongly accused of something? Wouldn't you want to see her succeed? Why, why does there have to be a different story for a man? They should have every opportunity in the world. They didn't even do anything. This was just something that completely derailed their entire career and lives for absolutely no reason at all. They didn't ask for this. I agree. I, I, I totally agree. Um, okay, let's let's shift to the NBA now, Dan. Um, Draymond Green. This is a guy, you know, we want to talk about, you know, Trevor Bauer and Matariza had, you know, the consequences that they received uh, didn't 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 fit. Right. But Draymond Green just doesn't get it. He constantly puts himself in a position where he's going to be criticized. Uh, not only that, but um, he's just he's out of control um, again just days after already receiving a suspension for playing dirty on the court, uh, he was caught swinging a wild punch at, at Yusef Nurkic. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video. It was, it was like the most flagrant foul in the world. And then he tried to say it was unintentional. Like, Oh, I didn't mean to, that was, you know, not something I didn't mean to hurt him. No, you did mean to hurt him. Um, Draymond Green just can't get out of his own way. And I was trying to think about before the show, I'm like, why does he act like this? Is he just ultra aggressive? Is he a narcissist? Does he have temper issues? Um, is there something that deep down he's just really upset about? I, I, I don't know. What, what would you point the blame at as far as why continuously Draymond Green acts like this? I mean, what's it going to take? Is he just going to have to be banned from the league eventually? I think he should be suspended for the rest of the year. I do. I, I, I'm no psychologist or psychiatrist, so I, I'm, I can't delve into it. But I will tell you, I, I think he enough is enough. You know, if you watch that video, his <clears throat> coach didn't see it. I was looking at Kerr. His coach enables him. The, the league kind of does just enough to make themselves feel good. The organization, I've been told by people I know in the NBA that they're tired of them, but they're stuck to them. He, here's why he does this, in my opinion. He has seen guys have great post-game, post-career careers. Charles Barkley, you know, uh, was at one time a guy that got in fights and 
he saw that. He saw Dennis Rodman, and he's trying to be the next guy. He's trying to be the next man. I'm just crazy, man, and everybody pay attention to me, and that's going to lead to me filling Charles's seat when he retires, and it has. I mean, let, Charlie, it has. They have him on NBA TNT. They have. He has a very popular podcast. It's work, and it's working. Yeah. And, but I think on the court, he is completely out of control, and even more than that, I think he's a coward. I've always said this about basketball, Charlie. You can hit anybody at any time and do serious damage, no matter how big or small you are. The truth of the matter is in basketball, you're running out there with no padding. You're running out there in your underwear and you have no protection. And I'm in a defensive stance or I'm battling against like Nagnurev or whatever the guy's name was against Green. And he just acts like he's swinging and he knows exactly when I play in the post at my age, and I don't even play basketball anymore, but I could play in the post right now and tell you behind me, side of me, in front where the postman is that's defending me, and I know he's close enough that I could hit him. Draymond Green is yeah. a coward. Draymond Green is a big-time coward. I don't know, narcissist, all that crap, but the bottom line from a basketball perspective, we've never seen a bigger coward in the NBA than Draymond Green. You notice he doesn't square up with guys. He hits them from behind. The guy Jordan Poole, he hits him when his hands are down. He's run up and hit guys in the package. He's hit guys on the side of the head. And last night, he hit a guy that was just simply trying to battle him in the post with a wild swing that he knew the distance. He is a coward. I would argue he's always been a coward, and now he's a loudmouth and a coward. And frankly, it's going to pay off for him as he moves forward in a post-basketball career. Yeah, and, and you know, we talk about the, the different actions he's taken. You know, oh, this was inadvertent. Well, on November 14th, uh, he was issued a five-game suspension for putting Ruby Gobert in a chokehold. So obviously yeah. that wasn't inadvertent, right? I mean, you can't inadvertently put someone in a chokehold. Uh, so they suspended him five games there. Uh, and now, if the league considers a suspension for him for this latest offense, uh, that probably jumps up, they're saying, now something to like 10 to 15 games uh, and also a, a you know, substantial fine, uh, which would yeah. make sense. But you have to also think about, like, as his teammates, you know, they're, he's putting them in an awful position where now they could be without one of their star players for 10 to 15 games. And it, I just think that would be frustrating as a teammate. It's like... You know, I get it. You, you're a hothead. Um, you, you know, whatever your goals are here in trying to create a reputation for yourself, but you're also damaging the potential of this team and hurting everyone else around you by putting yourself in the position where now we don't have you for 5, 10, 15 games. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible for the team. Look, you got guys, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are playing for their legacy. Like, you know, you get six, seven championships. Then you move into a Michael Jordan's, particularly Steph Curry type of yeah. you're playing for legacy. And Green's a good player. Green is a perfect player on the court, non-stupid stuff for that team. He's selfless. He defends all four or five positions. He's not, he, he, he'll go screen. He'll go screen serious. He's a great player on that team, on that team. Now, another team, he may not be. He's a perfect fit, but he's killing their team. Uh, he just is. And there's reports, and I have a very good friend who was involved in this, and he said, look, last year's Golden State Warriors team, the season ended when Draymond Green punched his teammate Jordan Poole. The season just ended. And you're so right. Look, 
when you have a team, it is hard enough to win a game. It is incredibly hard to win a championship, even if everything is going your way. Brad Stevens, the, the coach or the general manager of the Celtics, when he was at Butler, we used to talk about how he was so successful getting Butler to get to the national championship game twice. And he said, he said, Dan, everybody in the building, meaning Hinkle Fieldhouse, was moving in the same direction. Not nobody was, you know, enabling stupidity. Nobody was talking bad about coaches or everybody moving in the same direction. And it's hard enough to win when everybody's doing that. But when you've got a guy mm -hmm. that's just a constant distraction and you don't know if he's going to be there, Charlie, it's awful for everybody because you just, it's like anything else. You just get tired of it. Yeah, and just on the Draymond Green, uh, maybe one reason why he could be feeling it internally right now. I don't know if you saw the news. He was a very big, I don't know if he was an investor or he was just the face of it, the Smile Direct Club. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. Well, they're just they're just announced yesterday that they're completely shutting down. So, uh, you know, maybe from a financial perspective, he's feeling it right now. He's like, damn it. <laughs> My yeah. beautiful smile direct club. No more. So yeah. uh, he took out uh, his emotions on the court last night. I'm, I'm obviously joking, but I'm not joking about the smile direct club shutting down. Um, that's actually happening. My dentist posted it on social media and was very happy to see it shutting down. So. <laughs> He was doing commercials um, with his mother for the Smile Direct Club. It was always him yeah. and his mother. So whatever. Yeah, I think that. I wonder what his this. mother says to him. I wonder what his mother says to him when she sees him acting like this. I mean, she probably is. I don't know. Maybe she maybe she advocates for it or maybe she's completely embarrassed. I don't know. We should try to talk to Mama Green. Good luck. <laughs> I don't know. My um, mother. Can I tell you a quick mother story? Please, I'm always here for mother stories. I'm always here for any when of your stories, a, in fact. When I, when I was a coach at Bowling Green, our rival was Toledo, and we beat them at their place, and it was a huge win. Like we, I thought we were making the NCAA tournament. About 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm down. I'm just getting a bowl of cereal. My mom comes down, and I think this is going to be a touching moment, right? She goes, Daniel, <laughs> can I talk to you? I said, yeah, Ma. Like, this is exciting. I can't believe how much you embarrassed me and your father today by all your cussing and screaming <laughs> on the sidelines. And I'm like, oh, mom, come on. She goes, yeah, we sat right there behind you and we couldn't believe the things that were coming out of your mouth. And I'm like, you know, mom, sometimes I get in a mode where I don't care what comes out of my mouth as long as it helps us win. And my mother, who is the holiest of women, was having none of it. And it didn't change me. But it made me feel bad for that night. You know what I mean? So I'm guessing at some point Draymond Green's mother has said, look, son, enough's enough. But it probably didn't change him, but it made him feel bad for 10 minutes. Do, did you, moving forward from that moment, did you change how you no. were in situations? Did you try and clean it up? <laughs> no, I just told my mom and dad to go sit up higher and away from me. I don't want to hear about it after a game. <laughs> I don't think, you know, it's like... <gasps> Oh, go my gosh. A, go that's sit in the rafters, woman. Yeah, that's so funny. Do they always have the same seats that they would sit in for your games? Yeah, they would always sit behind the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It were road games. There was, you know, they would come and they would sit there. My wife would. And my wife's like, man, the stuff you say. I go, I know. 
If it wins, it was good. If you lost, it was bad. So that's the way I looked at life. I'm not saying it's right, Charlie. I'm not saying it's right. Well, remember, we did the comedy show together, and I, I had a couple jokes that weren't so PG, and my mother, same thing, was so embarrassed. She's like, I can't believe you said that. And I was like, well, it's a comedy show. That's, you know, if you keep it clean, no one no one's laughing. So... I, I understand. My mother also holier than thou. She's she's a saint yeah. of a woman. I love her so much. But yeah, she definitely yeah. Um, balks at the uh, things that come out of my mouth sometimes, even still to this day. So, um, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Dan, let's talk about uh, Coach Prime uh, because it's the off season. They obviously did not have the success of a season they were looking for. But Coach Prime has been crowned as the Portal King, uh, as he promised. Colorado officially this past season, uh, number one transfer portal in the entire nation for 2024. And now even since, he has only recruited one position this week, just one, and that's the offensive line. Already, he has secured five offensive linemen and a couple of other offensive stars so far. And Dion has already said that they're going to land a few more players offensively. And then this weekend, the defense gets all the focus. Are you surprised? No, I think kids want to play for him. I think I think I'll give him I'll give him great credit. You know, he came out when his kid Shadur was getting crushed. And he said, "We need better offensive linemen," and you know what? He went out and got him, and that's pretty good. And I do think kids want to play for him. I do. A friend of mine, my dentist, actually, his son decommitted as a quarterback uh, to Colorado. He's he's a really good player here in Indiana and he committed in the fall and he decommitted. He didn't like what was going on. So he's going to look elsewhere. But the truth of the matter is for upcoming, well, now, for the upcoming what didn't he, and what didn't he like exactly? You know, he, he just felt like the offensive coordinator, Sean Lewis had been demoted and then he left. And that was the guy that he really trusted and he really, mm. uh, bonded with. And that's what you have to kind of bond with as the offensive coordinator when you're a quarterback. In fact, not only did Danny decommit, but the guy behind him, a, a, a highly rated uh, quarterback behind him, also decommitted uh, from oh, wow. Sanders. But, you know, one of the things that you got to understand about Sanders is he relates to kids. He does. I mean, we we may get tired of whatever, but he he relates. Like, <clears throat> kids want to go there. And when you when you sit in there with him, you know he's hard to say no to. In fact, that's what uh, my dentist said. You know, you're sitting in there, and Danny, his son, is in there, and Dion's selling. And he, okay, you can come play. And by the time you're done, you're ready to run through a wall for the guy, right? So um, I'm not surprised. I, I, I'm really not. Um, and he went and he did what he said. I need new offensive linemen. He got him now. Maybe he's going to do what he says, which is you better get me in my first year because we're going to be something coming up. We'll see. But I, when I saw what he was getting, I thought to myself, you know what? That's pretty good. That's actually really good. What do you see their season looking like this next year? Uh, I think it was what they had four wins this past season or this first season that he was at Colorado. So what do you see that number looking like yeah, I, or the record looking like in year two? Charlie, I don't know their schedule. You know, they went through a tough schedule this year, and, and now the schedule is going to change because USC and UCLA, uh, Washington, Oregon, they're all gone out of their league, and they're going into a different league. I want to see who they play and where they play them because I think this, sometimes scheduling is massive in terms of, well, we, we've oh, got yeah. to go. 
you know, we've got to go play so-and-so. Well, where are you playing them? Well, we're playing them at home after a bye. And that's so important in football. So I, I'm going to like, I'm going to say that he'll double his win total, but I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'm going to say that, you know, the offensive line will make it such that his son uh, doesn't get crushed like he got crushed this year, which will make them better. And I'm also, I would bet, and I haven't looked at this yet. No, I have actually. I saw it about a week ago that his son, Shador, is a favorite for the Heisman Trophy. And I think that's probably going to be what we see going into the year. I do. I think that his son is, uh, you know, maybe Nolan Harrison Jr. comes back for Ohio State. But I do think his son is a guy that uh, I think is going to have a monster year. I do. And and if, if they can protect him, which it looks like they're getting guys, I know they got the number one lineman in the country to come in and a couple other transfers. So that's pretty good. Uh, and just a little tidbit of information uh, before we switch to what I think will be the best topic that we discussed so far. Uh, Colorado is actually introducing a new elective course named after Deion Sanders this year. It's called Primetime Public Performance and Leadership. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. It, you know, I, he should teach it. Like Bob Knight taught a course at Indiana. Like he, he should oh, teach he did? it. Yeah, he did. He would, he, uh, he taught her if he wasn't there, I would teach it. And we had all kinds of different rules, Charlie. If you if the doors closed at 9 a.m., if you were there at 9.01, you weren't allowed in, and you got an automatic C. If you were late twice, you got an F. And uh, wow. no hats. Yeah, it, you know what? Kids loved it. It's amazing. Can you imagine, like, I, you go to I, I feel like I would be super motivated. Yeah, I would. if I had a really, really cool professor, I would be very motivated to go to class and do well in the class because, obviously, you'd want to impress them. Right. I hated school, but I I would have, you know, I, if I was a kid and growing up in Indiana and Bob Knight's my teacher or if I'm a yeah. kid that likes college oh my gosh. football and Deion Sanders is my professor, my fat ass is sitting in the front row. Yeah, you're like, can I have class every day? Uh, thank you. Uh, OK, so let's move on to this last subject because I want to make sure we have adequate time. Dan, today is Taylor Swift's 34th birthday. So I want to know if Travis Kelsey should be looking to you for any pointers oh on how to treat Taylor on her birthday. Charlie, Charlie, I w I've been married to two different women for 30 years. All right. One for 22 <laughs> and one for one for eight. I've never missed an anniversary, a birthday, my kids, my stepkid, nothing. Until September 21st, 2023, a couple months ago, where I got a text as I was doing my show from a friend texting me and Lee, hey, happy birthday, Lee. And Charlie, I went, oh, totally, completely forgot. I went overboard. I left the house right at the end of the show. I went and got a thing called Nothing Bunt Cakes. I went into to, uh, the jewelry store. Uh, Reese Nichols Jewelers. I got a beautiful thing. I went and got three different. I came home and she's like, I know you forgot. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> Travis Kelsey will do better than me. Much better. Oh my gosh. That's such a good story. I actually know Reese Nichols and I know it well. Um, so shout out to Reese Nichols. Good, yeah. good move, Dan. Good move. I, I respect that. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to get into potential gifts for Taylor Swift. I'm going to let you go. 
and get ready for your show. But everyone, of course, don't at me starting in just 25 minutes, 9 a.m. on the Outkick Network. So uh, make hey, sure to Charlie, tune in for that every day, 9 a.m. Charlie, Omaha Steaks, yeah. always a good gift. Oh, uh, actually, that is a great gift. I would love that. I would, you know what? Get me a piece of jewelry in a box of Omaha Steaks. Right. I would be a happy camper. Right. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. See you soon, Dan. Bye. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. All right. Uh, amazing story. I uh, love it. Uh, he did redeem himself, though. That's what's important. Listen, if I had the choice of my man remembering my birthday and saying happy birthday to me first thing in the morning, but not going to all of the trouble, the jewelry store, the cake, the flowers. I, I would rather him forget my birthday first thing, feel really bad, and then, and then go overboard. I don't know. That's just me. Anyone else? Okay. Anyways, let's get to the final story. Taylor Swift, 34th birthday. Happy birthday to Taylor. We talk about you all the time on the show, so this is very, very appropriate. But the question is, what do you give the most famous person in the world? She's a self-made billionaire. She can do and buy whatever she wants when she wants. So Travis Kelsey, I have to imagine, definitely feeling maybe a little bit of pressure right now. So when you look at the different ways that he could go, the different routes, one is sentimental, which is always a good route to go down, right? Uh, maybe a gold bracelet, number 87 on it, that's his jersey number, in diamonds. Uh, a little bit of an ode to how this whole relationship started in the first place. If you forgot, we've got the receipts. Watch this. Speaking of Taylor Swift, I know you went to the Taylor Swift concert. How was it? Yeah, well, I was disappointed that she doesn't talk before or after her shows because she has to save her voice for the 44 songs that she sings. So I was a little butthurt. I didn't get to hand her one of the bracelets I made for her. You made her a bracelet? Yeah. If you're up on uh, Taylor Swift concerts, there are friendship bracelets and I received a bunch. You know, it's easy to forget how cute this relationship really is. I mean, there's all the like, you know, headlines and the, the big this, that, but it really is like, I mean, at the, at the core of this, it really is cute. He, he wanted to give her a friendship bracelet at her concert, and he was bummed that she wouldn't be able to talk to him before or afterwards, so he wasn't able to give it to her. So this actually would be the cutest gift ever. And not to mention, I feel like because it's Taylor Swift, just like down the road, if she's looking for some extra money, which, I mean, she's not, and she's never going to, but um, I feel like this bracelet is just going to be so invaluable, worth millions and millions and millions of dollars, uh, because Taylor and Travis, unofficially, they're America's royal couple. So, speaking of diamonds, we also know deep down, maybe I'm being a little too assuming, maybe she wants a diamond ring. If you get what I'm saying, you know, engagement ring. Uh, but maybe too soon? I don't know. Wouldn't that be just the biggest twist if he gave her an engagement ring and she said yes and they were suddenly engaged on her birthday after months of dating? Uh, but I don't know. I... I I feel like, I don't know, my gut is telling me she might actually say yes. But if Travis is not ready for that type of commitment, which I would totally understand, because again, they've only been dating for a few months, but he also doesn't want to go the material route, he could always go in a completely different direction. I feel like maybe writing a really cute song chronicling the course of their relationship, have it recorded like professionally in a studio, and then serenade her with it. That would be super cute. And he already has that Christmas song that he put out with his brother that went to the top of the charts. So I feel like this is something he would be good at. But also, I felt like it was appropriate to ask all of you on social media what you felt like would be a good gift for Taylor, the girl that has 
everything. All the money can do everything. So a couple of things that I got in response. One, Travis should put a baby in her. Also, not a horrible idea. I feel like the ring should come before the baby, but I, I like the thought process. I like, I like the road we're going down here. Another one I got, a competent wide receiver room. Not a bad idea because if the Chiefs are winning and Travis is health, happy, healthy, I feel like Taylor also will be much happier. Also will paint her in a very positive picture. And I mean, come on, let's face it. We all want to see her at the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift in a Chiefs jersey at the Super Bowl. Does it get much better than that? No. Final thing that I got that I really enjoyed, and I actually think this might be, in her opinion, the best gift that she could ask for. For a day, let her just be a regular person. Leave her alone. That, that means no attention from fans, the media. The girl just gets a day of peace. This, to me, is the winner right here. I feel like she would appreciate this so much, especially if she gets to do it with Travis by her side. I don't think it's realistic to be out in New York City, for example, doing this, but if you can find a very remote island, like a really nice, beautiful private resort where they can just be by themselves, enjoy each other's company. I mean, he's got football to play, obviously, but whatever. We're just painting this picture in our heads. I feel like that would be the greatest gift that she could possibly ask for. Uh, so with that, happy birthday, Taylor, if you're out there watching. Make this your best year yet. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we've got another show tomorrow, as always. Uh, so make sure in the meantime, you are following me on social media at Charlie on TV. And make sure you are ready to uh, tune in bright and early tomorrow morning. See you then.